waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Earle, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And today we have a really wonderful guest, Shelly Kears here, and they call her the Past Life Lady. And I'm so excited she's here. She's been here before, but today she's coming back to talk to us about past lives with pets. And I know y'all have pets out there, and we all love our pets. And this is how we can connect with our pets and find out if we've been with them before. But before I bring Shelly on, let me give you a little information in case you don't know about Shelly Kier. And I, it's pronounced care, and I always say care, so I apologize. It's Shelly Care, also known as the Past Life Lady. She's one of the world's leading authorities on energy healing and mind-body medicine, a past life regression practitioner in private practice for 20 years. Now, Shelly received her PhD in parapsychic science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology and is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, master hypnotist, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Today we'll be talking about her latest book. Here we go, you guys, Past Life with Pets. Shelley, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's great to be back. It's great to have you. I want to know why you wrote this book. Well, we all love our pets, but what prompted you to put this thing together? Um, sometimes I do things as a kind of a little bit of a joke because I was busy telling some friends about why I want to come back as my cat in a, in a future <laughs> life because okay. he's so spoiled. <laughs> and so okay. then it kind of spiraled into some other things. And then, of course, over the years, um, I do help people with you know serious issues during past life regressions, but once in a while, they find out, hey, wait a minute, look, there's my dog or there's my cat. And so this is just compiled from like tidbits of longer sessions that I've done over the past 20 years. And I just thought maybe it would be timely to do something a little fuzzier and fluffier. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was really interesting because um, every regression that you did, and you guys, all these regressions are in her book, you know, they all learn something from their experience. And it was interesting to see that their pets were there with them and then, then they're back again. It was crazy. I didn't realize this. I think that it speaks to the idea of like soul families that I really believe that a lot of the people we encounter in life are people we've known before. And so wouldn't it make sense that the pets would be people, and I mean that really literally, that we've encountered before because our pets are some of our most important relationships that we're ever going to have in our whole lives. I mean, they've got your back. They're with you 24-7. You're telling all your darkest secrets to them. You know, you're crying on their shoulders. And so I think these pets do return. And a lot of the time they're there, you know, uh, to be that unconditional love and that presence of having a supportive friend who really knows you and really loves you. Right. And doesn't judge you because they they, they just love you unconditionally. I like that part. (laughs) Yes. 
You talk about the Hindu religion um, and you also talk about the Buddhists. Now the Hindus believe a soul can come back in animal form, but Buddhists don't believe that. So some people believe it and some people don't. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, more Eastern religions that believe that it is possible to become animals in past or future lives. Um, the Hindus being one of them. Buddhists think of it more as that would be a lower leveled life form. Not that animals are low. Personally, I think they're a higher form of life, but <laughs> because animals um, are more instinctual than nature, they have less control over emotional things. And, and fortunately, because animals do suffer a lot, right. uh, largely and sadly at the hands of humans. So the mm -hmm. Buddhists would think that is a much kind of lower life form that would be very uncommon. And then some religions, I, I think most Christians probably would never believe that it's possible to reincarnate as an animal. Right. Well, today we're going to talk about some of these regressions that you did. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about animal spirit guides, which I find fascinating. The shamans uh, believe in that. And uh, I've always thought that animals, that you have a totem, they call it a totem, I think, um, when you bring your animal in. Um, you did all these case studies. Now, the case studies are in the book. Are they just, are they done specifically for pets or were they just done and they happen to have a pet associated with? all of them were done as part of a, a different issue that people um, come okay. to see me about okay. and then they were I mean a couple of the case studies in this book the, the client was going through a divorce for example and then it just happened to coincide with the death of a, an animal and there right. is a lot of that in the book where I'm trying to help readers come to terms with the grief that we feel when our beloved pets pass away so there was a couple of those where they were simultaneously dealing with pet loss in addition to some other big issue in life. Right. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of the other reasons why people come for regression would be like to find out their sole purpose or right. because they're fascinated with different aspects of their life. And then they see the pet there as a kind of a pleasant byproduct of a longer session. Right. I wrote down animals. Oh, this is from your book. Animals often allow us to see our behaviors and rise up to a higher standard and a way of being in the world. And that's more suited towards peace and tolerance. I thought that was really cool because they kind of make us realize, you know, how important life is. Um, and you talk about that. You know, you talk about cats and, and I want to start out with something that happened to you. You did a regression. You went back to Scotland in 1832 and you talk about a sheep uh, and, and then you talk about your cat biscuit. Can you tell that story? Shall yes. Um, this is the same cat I was mentioning um, that is so spoiled. <laughs> he is my little baby boy and he's, he's one of these ragamuffin cats. So he's okay. like a buzzball who wants to be carried around like a throw pillow. And so I wanted to know, you know, how I had known him before because it was clearly destiny. I, I kind of got a vibe that I needed to go get him and there he was, you know, I think there's a real destiny when we have a, an animal that we really love. So, but what's interesting about the regressions, Nancy, to me always is that if I wanted to make up some stuff about how I knew Biscuit, it certainly wouldn't have been what actually came through during the regression because it was so real. I went into the past life. I was in Scotland and I was a little girl and I lived on a farm and my family owned a bunch of those Scottish sheep, yes. those big woolly gray sheep. Yeah. 
And I saw myself out in the beautiful lush landscape in the hills. And so my parents had given me this one sheep to take care of. And I was brushing him and taking care of him. And he was just being really cute and fuzzy, just like the same cat I have now. And then um, the little girl who I was, I got very ill and I passed away. Oh, yeah. The sheep was just really heartbroken. And in this lifetime, you know, Biscuit, um, when I got him from the pound, he doesn't really make a lot of noise. I, he can meow. At first, I thought maybe somebody had actually heard him and he wasn't able to talk. But he usually just goes, mm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's his noise. I love it. Your listeners enjoy that? I don't know. They've never heard that. <laughs> I'm sure. I've got more friends. I can tell you that. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, he sounds like weird you know and in the regression I went oh my gosh he sounds just like he did when he was a little sheep and I googled this up I said I want to go get on google and see if I can find this and I went oh my gosh there's a sheep on google that looks exactly like him even with the same little legs because his little legs kind of go out so adorable but I saw that like when I go out of town like even if I go out of town like for 24 hours he can get really sick. Like he'll start getting depressed. He'll sneeze and he'll just be like, oh, like when I come home, I have to practically bring right. him back to life. Right. And my guides were just showing me that this is because of this life when, when I left him and he got very sad. So he gets very worried when I'm not around him all the time. Yeah. So now I wait on him hand and foot 24 hours a day. Well, and I like what you said in the book that you're connected mentally. Cause when you, you talked about when you went to a meditation and you were really out of your body and you were meditating like for a week or something at a retreat. And then you say that your cat was just so sad because the connection there was lost. Usually when you go out of town, you still have the connection, but this time, because you were, you know, really focusing on being somewhere else that it affected your cat so much. And I found that interesting. Yeah. One of the books I read um, many, many years ago when I was first getting into energy medicine was that um, Secret Life of Plants, Okay. where the author was actually hooking up plants to um, like a lie detector test. And so the, the author realized that like when the, when the master you don't even think of a plant as being alive, but of course they are, that about 10 minutes before the master would come home, there would be a on the, on the lie detector test. Oh, and then wow. Get like a little excited energy, right. As you were getting ready to walk through the door and, and scientists have discovered, you know, that our animals really do kind of read our minds. Right. That's why your dog's waiting for you at the door. That's why the cat's, you know, doing whatever the cat's doing. Right. And so you know, when I was in that super altered state, because we were in a silent retreat for 10 days, not allowed to actually speak or anything, mm-hmm. but you're supposed to be concentrating very fully on the teachings. And I did feel like we were very, for the, that was the most disconnected I've ever felt from Biscuit, even, uh, even more than times when I've been on the other side of the world on a real vacation, because I wasn't even that physically far from my house when I was doing that meditation. But I yeah. think we are connected with our animals more than we maybe no i agree i have cats and uh, i've had dogs but i have i've always had cats i grew up on a farm but i have a cat and it makes me think about gracie she's a a ragdoll cat she's one of those cats that collapse when you pick her up like a ragdoll and um and she was a rescue we found her in a boat believe it or not and she's beautiful and she's got blue eyes and she's just, she sleeps with me. So she's near and dear to my heart. And my husband and I went on a trip and we couldn't take the cats. We have two cats. And um, so we took her to the vet and they called us. We were gone for maybe two days and she wouldn't eat or drink. And they said, you have to come get her. 
And I was shocked. She did not want to be there. And I had to call a neighbor because we were so far away and have the neighbor come and pick her up because she literally, they said, we're going to have to put an IV because she won't eat or drink. And I have never experienced that before, but she's so attached to me and my husband that she just didn't want to be there. And that was her way of, I guess, just, you know, sticking her, sticking her claws in and saying, you know, I'm not going to eat or drink until you pick me up. It was crazy. And then the neighbor picked her up and she was fine. I used to do some uh, animal healing and animal communication stuff many, again, many years ago. I briefly mentioned that in the book as well. And yeah. I went out to a couple of dogs who were in that same situation. They got really upset. Yeah. And when I went out to see them at the kennel, they, of course, wanted to go home. I mean, right. I don't know. Cats yeah. are usually okay, but I don't know. Yeah. I guess not always. I guess it depends how attached they are. Cause they yeah. Do yeah, well, we had her since she was a baby, so I guess that's what happened. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to go to commercial break, but you guys, you got to pick up this book. I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed this so much, Shelly. Honest to God, I loved it. She has stories in here, guys, about cats, dogs. We're going to talk about it. Horses, birds, all kinds of animals. Um, she's got guinea pigs. I can hardly wait. There's a, even one about a shark, which is really, really cool. So you got to pick it up. It's called Past Life with Pets. Discover your timeless connections to your beloved companions. I'm here today with Shelly Care, and this is High Road to Humanity. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and we're here today with Shelly Care. We're talking about past lives with pets. You know, there was a really cool story. I love these stories. I had a ball reading these, by the way, Shelly. Um, the one about Keith and he, how his cat, um, it, how his cat weathered storms, his cat Lucky. Can you tell that? Or do you, do you remember that one where yes, he's... That's one of my favorite. Mine too. Tell that story because it's amazing to me. Yeah, I have a lot of um, 
I mentioned earlier in the show about the soul connection that we have to certain groups of people. So I have a soul group in Pensacola, Florida area. And so okay. I was going there for many years doing different expos and I met all kinds of people in that area. And one of them was my client um, who in the book, all, all the client names are changed. So in this book, he's called Keith. Okay. But a lot of the people in Florida, you know, during some of those really bad storms, you know, they, some people I know lived in FEMA trailers, you know, they've had a really oh. hard time because the coast gets really battered there. And so this, he came for a session because ever since a really bad storm, uh, pretty much, um, you know, destroyed most of his property, he was having a lot of anxiety. Like anytime there was thunder or winds, he started having a certain degree of anxiety, not crippling, but just enough that he said, you know, I, I need to have a session and maybe there's more to it than, you know, what we're dealing with in this current right. life. Yeah. So during a hurricane where he refused to get out because you're supposed to evacuate, he chose not to evacuate. Right. The house was pretty much destroyed. And after the storm, you know, a lot of animals just are on their own. So this cat wandered up to his house and they just became instant buddies. He took the cat in, adopted the cat, of course, looked around. There was no owners to be found. Right. And so this was his cat. So during the regression, though, he actually went back. This was a surprise that his storm uh, fear really was residual from a, an island life when he lived on an Asian island. Um, he was sensing maybe around the Taiwan area, but this was in very, very ancient times. And he saw himself standing on the beach with all the villagers just watching as this wall of water, this big tsunami was oh, coming tsunami. and it was yeah. about to wipe out the entire village. And he remembered that his little kitty cat, he just recognized, see, it's more like a soul recognition than you don't go, oh, wow, that cat looks the same as it looks now. It's more like looking into someone's eyes and connecting right. with their soul. Right. So he said, oh, I recognize that. That's my cat. Because he was there too. He was a cat in the village. But when you're standing there and then there's a wall of water, you know, you've got, you know, seconds and then it's all going to be over. Mm -hmm. So when he came back from it, um, we did, so we do a lot of healing, like where we're putting light on things, we're cutting cords with things that are traumatic, but he walked out of that just feeling like, oh, okay, I don't feel like I'm going to have anxiety for storms anymore, but because I've actually seen, you know, the actual devastation, not only in the island life, but in my current life of what can happen, he made a new, um, let's say a vow or just decided that from then on, if they did ask for evacuations, that he was going to go ahead and leave. He would do. So he, I ran into him again and he said that, yes, they had an evacuation. And this time now, of course he picks up his cat and the two it. of them drive North to safety together. And, and he was go. feeling a lot better about it. So. You know, what I, I liked about this so much is that at the end of each story, you talk about what they learned, and he learned grat gratitude, to be grateful for what you have, and he says, nothing lasts forever, and stuff is not important. I mean, that was huge. Uh, that was his lesson. He learned that stuff was not important. It was his life was more precious. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of that theme going on in the current society as well. As we yes, ma'am that's going on but definitely if you're going well, I'm going to stay in my house this is my stuff and I'm not leaving it and then you right. realize well your stuff got damaged anyway and you're lucky to be alive you know mm -hmm. then you start to realize wait a minute the friendship that he had with the cat and the love that he had for his little buddy meant so much more you know and that's really what life's about 
Right, exactly. There's one more I wanted to talk about on cats before we move on to dogs. You have Seth was a veterinarian and you uh, took him back to, he ended up in Russia in the 1800s. And he said, Felix is here. And uh, do you remember that story? They were on a, uh, I think we're, he wasn't on a wagon train. I'm thinking of the other one with Melissa, but what was the one on the, where Seth was a veterinarian? in the 1800s. Do you remember that yes, one? Sometimes, yes. Uh, sometimes people just want to have a deeper understanding of like their sole purpose and their journey. And so Seth was a yeah. veterinarian. So obviously he had a deep connection to animals. Right. Um, he didn't specifically come in for that, but sometimes that's the gift of a regression is it can help you either identify um, talents and interests that maybe you forgot about. But in this case, of course, he went back to this Russian circus and as people can probably imagine, they weren't exactly, um, you know, kind to the animals, but he as a soul, like that was part of his mission. He went out of his way to share his food and to sneak around and make sure they were being cared for properly. And so he happened to encounter, again, the soul. He recognized the soul of the cat. Um, as a vet, you know, the vets end up taking in all kinds of animals. So he had adopted Felix, the cat that he named Felix. Right. And Felix was one of those, you know, when you go into a store and there's just this super cool shop cat who kind yeah. of relaxes yeah. and kind of hangs out on the front counter and greets everyone. So that was kind of how this cat was. He was just really chill yeah. and just greeted everybody, whether they be cat, dog, bird, or whatever, never got wound up. And so he said, oh my gosh, it's him, you know, <laughs> and he was just coming to kind of be his companion and friend and comfort him for the kindness that he had been shown in the yeah. life in Russia. So they were there again together for a reason. And then yeah. it deepens the fact that, oh, okay, yeah, I'm exactly where I need to be. Some, we all need to hear that from time to time. And so it just deepened his commitment to his profession and really knowing that this is something he's been doing for a long time. Yeah, because uh, I wrote down, he said, Felix is here to thank me for my help and support my sole purpose, which is to help animals no matter what. I thought that was really cool. You know, that surprises me, I guess more than anything, is that somehow the universe uh, orchestrates it in such a way that we end up with this pet. I mean, it's, it blows my mind because I know I went, found Gracie in a shelter or not in a shelter, but in a boat. And I found a dog I had at a shelter. So it's like, but I know those pets are really connected to me. So it's amazing to me. And I want you to address that if you would, how do these, gosh, how do they find us or how do we find them? It's so crazy. It really is. I think people think, well, how is that even possible that yeah. you would know this animal from a past life or whatever? I mean, I feel yeah. like I just don't, I guess maybe we haven't always taken the time to really think of how, have you thought about how significant it is to spend, you know, sometimes 10, 15, 20 years of your life, let's say for a cat or even a dog or horses or even longer mm -hmm. with your animal, spending that quiet time, having them love you, loving them back, learning how to give, learning how to receive and learning how to really feel unconditional love. It's so deep that you know, like when I found Biscuit, I, my cat had just passed away. She had been gone a couple months. I was in one of those stages where I was like, I'll never love again. Oh my God. I heard, <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's so heartbreaking. No. You know, you think yeah. I can't do this again. I heard the inner voice say, you need to go to the, the pound today. Right. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to the pound because I know I'm not going to come home empty handed. And then there he was. I mean, I just wow. feel like it's a whole thing. It's your guides will help you, but your higher self. I mean, I think it's destiny. 
yeah. just like it's destiny to meet your spouse or your best friend. You right. know, you have to know there's something bigger at work here that I think is beyond any of our comprehension, really, because it's so beautiful. Right. And so profound. There's one more I want to talk about with cats before we move on. Um, and I thought this was really cool. This was Melissa and she um, was repaying a past life debt in the mid 1800s. She, there was a wagon train she was on with her mom and they were going to Oregon and her mom passed and all she had left was her pets. And she came really connected with those pets. I thought that was an amazing story that she she realized that the pets were here today to thank her for what she had done for them way back when. Yeah, a lot of these stories, because, you know, they happened so long ago, you know, nowadays, you know, they didn't have Petco and all that. <laughs> you <didn't let> <laughs> yeah. come to Starbucks with us, you know, back in the, you know, wagon train days, you know, you would have thought that that's an animal. We don't deal with those. Yeah. But when people go out of their way to show kindness to the animal, the animal yeah. comes back and repays them. In this case, yes, her mother had passed. She ended up settling in the same Oregon area in the current life that she had lived back then. And there was just that sense of just someone who was really there for her at one of the darkest chapters of her life. Mm -hmm. That that it was both, both of them were giving to each other. The pet obviously received love and attention that it wouldn't have gotten from hardly anyone else. But likewise, she had a companion there who really was able to comfort her in the darkest chapters of her life. Yeah. And, and take care of her. You know, I want you to tell the story. Um, I want to move on to some of the dogs. Now this really floored me. I was this floored about your experience um, with the dog. I, when you were four years old, do you want to tell the story when you were four years old, you were attacked by a dog. Yeah. I was in a family member's um, yard I don't know. I mean, I can't say that I wasn't doing anything, but supposedly I was just on the swing set and the dog was older, probably had dementia and attacked me, had my face in his mouth. I've still got, you know, tooth marks here. Part of my nose was bitten off. I know. That's what and you said. So I was I, like floored. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was. I, the only thing I remember about, I don't remember anything about that other than just being in the hospital and having this white light on me. But because of that, there was a real primal fear um, that was very deep, obviously, about any dogs. Like you could have a little Yorkshire yapper or whatever, even though I might think it's cute. I mean, I just don't want to hear dogs barking. I can't handle it. It's not, I mean, it was kind of just something that has been with me my whole life. So probably not enough to say, hey, I need therapy over this, but it was just a fear that- It was traumatic for you. Yeah. And so I finally just thought- um, I, I, it's just time for me to be done with this. I'm sick of it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And I don't know why, but even though I do past life regression, sometimes it takes me a while, ding, ding, <laughs> you know, to go, Hey, maybe I should have a past life regression about this. I know. But I, I think that what happens, you know, people are afraid to go into the past life because I think largely we're afraid to see what we're going to find yeah. then happening. Kind of like when I saw Biscuit was a sheep. I mean, that was just nothing I ever would have thought of. And likewise, I mean, I was thinking, well, this is probably some karma. You know, I probably something happened and now I'm going to see what it is. Let's just do this. I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. What I found was something completely opposite. I had many lives. All I saw was just bam, 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 bam. All these lifetimes that I had with these huge dogs in some cases, you know, as companions as helpers, as hunters, as friends. And there was just something about connecting with that energy of 
of all the different lifetimes that I had had with the dogs that, you know, there just comes a point where you just go, Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I'm done with this now. I don't need to worry about that anymore. And I was just, and then I was just done with it. Now I go out to the park, the dogs are walking up to me. I don't have a problem with it anymore. I'm just done with it. Um, Shelly, if somebody wants to have a past life regression with you, how can they do that? How do they contact you? Uh, If they go to my website, which is at pastlifelady.com and there's a sessions link, they can just look there. Okay. And they can do a zoom. Like they don't have to be where you are. You can do this over the internet, correct? Oh yeah. Well, what's interesting is um, because I I started getting a lot of media exposure back in the early 2000s, and so I started getting contacted by people from all over the world because my regression technique was endorsed by Dr. Brian Weiss, okay, uh, who endorsed my first book, and I used to take his overflow clients for him. So I've been doing this so long right. that there's no way I'm going to be able to help somebody, you know, in Australia or England or wherever else they're calling me from. So I started doing regressions by phone. Okay. Not even with video and people go, well, how, how is that even possible? But it's because we're together, we're still connected. And when I take you on guided imagery to do your past life, you're still going to have your eyes closed. And my process is a little bit different than other hypnotherapists because I send you energy while we're going, because I really believe there's an energetic component to memory and so I'm going to work to send you energy because there's a, there's a thought form out here that's connected to that memory, let's say, of that past life with the dog. Right. So we need to feel that, move it out, and it creates a really profound change. So now, yes, we can do it by Zoom, but we can do it by phone, and it works. I love it. Hey, listen, we got to go to commercial, but you guys, we're here today with Shelly Care, and this is Nancy Yearout. We'll be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, it's Nancy Hero. We're here with the past life lady, one of my great friends who I just adore. And thanks for coming on the show today, Shelly. I sure appreciate it. Nancy, you're amazing. You are my dear friend, too. Thank you. You know, we've been around the block, probably. I think so, too. When you said Scotland, I'm like, oh, we probably knew each other in Scotland, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, there are so many different things that, um, that you talk about in the book. There were a lot of uh, stories about dogs. Uh, one that I'm looking at on my notes here uh, is about Joel. 20,000 20, years ago, he had a dog and they helped each other. They shared food. Do you remember this story a little bit? Um, they worked together. Yes. Let me see. I don't remember it as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But I, there were so many that I picked up and I wrote down so many notes. I'm sure you don't want to tell every story that's in your book. You want people to buy the book and check it out. And I'm sure they can get it on Amazon, right? I can tell them when I remember. <laughs> tell when you remember. People sound, think that's crazy, but I don't remember all of them all the time. But the that's one okay. That, um, the one that really stuck out to me was, it's kind of a story of redemption. It was okay. this man who, when he was a kid, he was like a troubled youth. And so he had to go to a youth camp out in Utah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I read that. One. And he really, this, I, oh wait, I guess that was a horse story. Okay, That's no, okay, that's okay. Okay, I'm skipping, sorry. I'll tell the that's dog okay. story next. I do know the dog story. Anyway, <laughs> um, he, he went out there and he learned to ride horseback over the summer. And so he ended up becoming so fascinated with it. He actually started working as a farrier. So he was doing the, putting the shoes on the horses and caring for horses. That was like his profession. Right. And so he just came in again, not for what he was bargaining for, but ended up going back into this past life where he saw that he was on a wagon train with the family who owned the ranch in Utah and that he was their son then. Yeah. And he realized, he recognized the love that they had for him. And the fact that that love really carried over to the current life and the love that they showed him and that if, if it hadn't been for them, I mean, he theoretically, he wouldn't have ever been exposed to horses in his current life, right. but he saw that this was actually part of his sole purpose and that he was really destined, just like what we were saying with the cats earlier, he was really yeah. destined to meet these people and he was able to totally turn his life around. And so it just goes to show that, you know, we all have hard times of a different nature, but we can obviously turn our lives around. And in this case, the horses were a huge part of that. Yeah. And oh, but I do remember a dog story too, if you want. Okay, one. go ahead. Go ahead. The one um, that I always think about was this man came in again for general purposes. Sometimes people are just curious and he happened to just offhandedly mention the fact that he lived in a little town and he was working as a volunteer firefighter. Oh yeah. And he was kind of fascinated with this. He was having a regular job, though. It wasn't anything he did full time. And he went back into the past and he saw himself living at the turn of the century in San Francisco. And he was there fighting fires during the, the San Francisco earthquake. And he saw the Dalmatian that was in the firehouse and said that that's the same dog that was in his current volunteer fire house. Wow. And it just brought him the awareness that the firefighting is part of his soul. It's part of his journey. He definitely has a talent for doing this because it is a talent. Mm -hmm. And though that, that that was not necessarily what he was supposed to do full time in this life, but it gave him a lot of clarity uh, about that aspect of his soul purpose. So. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. You know what I liked, and, and I was going to ask you about, um, you talk about birds and you say there's a falcon. Um, there was a guy, Tom, and he kept dreaming about falcons. And he found himself back in Mongolia working with golden eagles and training them. Um, can you talk about that? Because I thought that was fascinating too. Yeah, I think that the past lives can some kind, sometimes seep through the dream world. And so yeah. that was what was happening here. He was having these ongoing visions of this. And so in his past life, he was 
one of these uh, Mongolian hunters who worked with the Golden Eagles and he recognized he was one of the ones, you know, like you go to a fair these days or like the medieval yeah. festivals and they yeah. have all the raptors because they maybe got injured in nature. And so they get taken in by well-meaning people who are helping them recover. And then they end up training them and they do shows and things. So he was one of those people. Okay. And he had a really special connection with one of his falcons. And again, at the soul level, just gazing into its eyes, he realized, oh, you know what? We knew each other in Mongolia. And he was just, again further brought into this awareness because not everyone is going to be able to have the level of intuitive talent, you know, to do what he was doing with not only the Falcons, but just all the different birds of prey that he was working with. And so yeah. he was able to really understand that as a sole purpose again, but also just sense that connection and friendship. Yeah. And he, he said um, the lessons, and I thought this was interesting. He said the lessons that the Falcons and the golden Eagles teach us were respect partnership, stewardship, and that we should live in harmony with nature and realize that animals have much to teach us. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really neat. Um, you know, you um, go and you talk about uh, guinea pigs too. I thought this was really interesting. I mean, I was like, whoa, you were talking about Sylvia um, and she, <laughs> she had this guinea pig and you did a regression. Tell, tell us about this one because this, this is, is kind of wild. This is the weird one, folks. So get ready for this. Okay, so this woman, um, I started identifying a phenomenon that I call supretrovy, which is a supernatural past life memory that's triggered by travel. Right. And I think sometimes the soul is drawn back to places where it has been before, physically. Okay. Right. So this woman was itching to go to Peru. And so she came to see me after her trip to Peru because it brought up some kind of what I would call a supernatural past life memory. So she went into the past life and she realized that she had been in Peru. And one thing that the viewers and listeners may not be aware of um, about the Peruvians is that for thousands of years, the guinea pig has been on the menu there. I and know. they still it was like they the eat guinea pigs. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. I was they still do, right? Yes, they do. Yes. Oh my, my, my friend ordered one. I was like, she's, she's a lot braver than I am. I don't know. It seemed a little too weird for me. Yeah. This woman went to Peru and discovered this. And during her regression, she saw that she was uh, living in a village and they had the guinea pigs. They were kind of like the way we would raise cattle on a farm here, Crazy. you know, to be turned into our food supply. Yeah. And she really became attached to one of them, but then it kind of disappeared. And then she came to understand that it had been part of the menu for the family. And so in her current life, her whole life, ever since she was a kid, she always had guinea pigs. And so in the regression, the other thing that happens during this book that I talk about is the fact that because the animals have such a shorter lifespan than we do, yeah. in some cases, and including this one, which is, like I said, this is the ultra weirdest case study in the book. She kept having this guinea pig. It just kept you know, coming back, going away, coming back, going away. And so she had a guinea pig currently, and it was the same one that she had had a couple other times during her life. And it was the same one that she, this is what she was telling herself in regression, that it was the same guinea pig she had right. back in Peru and that her mission was to, you know, make amends. 
Well, and I just thought that was fascinating. You know, one thing that really fascinated me is that you do talk about people who you've taken back. And this was really cool. I thought, Shelly, you, they, you say, look at your feet and you say, are you a man or a woman? And you say, and they're kind of like hesitant and you say, get a mirror and put it down there. What is that? And they say they have paws. Yes. That kind of blew my mind. I was like, whoa. And you taught, there was one about a bear where a man from Canada who lived in Canada and his family wanted him to move from Canada, but he was like so attached to, to that place and he couldn't figure out why. And you took him back in a regression and you found out he was a bear. Yeah, he was a Canadian bear, and he was just really connected to the land. He had obviously yeah. walked it uh, yeah. very extensively in the past, and he just was attached to the land. He wasn't going to leave. That just blows my mind. I don't know. So when you do this, and somebody, I, I just have to ask you this question. So if you're doing a past life regression, and somebody looks down, I mean, do they freak out when they realize that they were an animal at one point in their life? And, and how is that? I mean, do they tell you like how they feel and, and what they see, and, and how does that work? Yeah, the idea of, even with a regular regression, when we're not talking about animals, um, sometimes it it depends on the client. Like most people are visual, some are more auditory, they're hearing things, but the touchy-feely people Mm -hmm. sometimes have uh, a more difficult time accessing past life memories. So if I'm sensing that they're having difficulty accessing, that's when I'll have them look down at their feet. Right. So that they can either feel what kind of clothes they're wearing, or they sometimes can get just that brief flash of, oh, I'm wearing a pair of boots. That's usually what I hear, right? But sometimes okay. then they're like, OMG. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll put, then if they can't articulate this, because sometimes if they're really in hypnosis and they're locked into that animal consciousness, the animal wouldn't even have the words for that. So I'll have them just bring the mirror out. And then these are just tools that I'm using to try to help them access it. So <clears throat> there's definitely been a few gasps of, you know. Right, <laughs> or, right, right. Oh. Well, I would imagine because, I mean, that would be shocking to your soul to realize that you were an animal. So I wonder, and I'm just throwing this out there, has anybody ever said, well, I chose to do this because I wanted to learn this or that? Is it compassion or, or, or what do you, what they do you usually get? do. Yeah, they, they'll say, because part of the journey is... Um, and again, I guess for, to, to vary the cases, studies in the book, I don't always include these, but yeah, part of what I'm always going to ask a client is what lessons did you learn? Why is this applying to what we're doing now? And even when they're animals, of course, yes, they've got reasons for doing it. Um, maybe they were supposed to be nonverbal or maybe they were supposed to learn just how to survive or how to be or how to right. you know, commune with nature or just different kinds of lessons that they're learning. No, I just think that's awesome. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. You guys, you got to check out her book. It's called Past Lives with Pets. Uh, Discover your timeless connections to your beloved companions. And I want to just say, before we go to commercial, there are a bunch of meditations, and we'll talk about that when we come back, um, that you guys can do so you can do a regression um, if you want to on your own. This is Nancy Yearout. I'm here today with Shelly Care, and this is High Road to, High Road to Humanity. We'll be, right we'll be right back with the High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website at nancyyearout.com to sign up for her online classes or to book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? 
What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better, to create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use, and it's free. Now I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up. The universe is speaking to you. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes and Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, it's Nancy Yearout. I'm here with Shelly Kerr, and we're talking about our pets. You know, Shelly, there's all these re- uh, really cool exercises that you put in the back of the book, and I thought that was really neat. Can you talk about some of these for people? Yeah, it's important that I always include exercises in the book because I want readers to be able to try some of these things um, themselves. And the good news is um, that thanks to phone apps, you know, you can take these exercises, just read them aloud into your telephone and then play them back and try some of these things. So um, I've I've included, uh, we mentioned earlier in the show about grief recovery. That's a huge thing. So there's a journey to help people who have lost a pet. I think that's really important where we can reconnect with the pet and heal that and then there's also um journeys where we can get in touch with animal guides because i believe we have all kinds of guides will you talk about that because um the shamans say that we all have an animal guide talk about that and what do you think and you and you also mentioned an author um who wrote a book about that yes um really early on when i was getting into all this i have loved the book Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, who was a Llewellyn author, and God rest his soul, he passed away many years ago. Okay. Um, I have had that book 
in my library for years and I met him years ago at a and Expo, but he was always one of my heroes. He has a beautiful book where he basically has all the different animals. And what he's saying is like when you go out in nature, like let's say you went for a walk this morning and you saw a duck or you saw, you know, I've got some egrets out here near where I live, then, then you should go look them up because they're there for a reason. The universe is presenting them to you symbolically to help you with certain things on your path. And so you can get all kinds of wisdom from that. And so he talked a lot about why it's important to connect with our animal guides, because you know, a lot of like in regression, usually I help people connect with guides, but it might be, you know, a being of light or an angel, but you know, we also have animal guides as well. Right. And for some of the clients that I've been, I've been taking people through this journey lately, uh, some of them have never connected with an animal guide before, but we go into a really peaceful space, the same space that you'd go into to connect with an angel. And sure enough, to their surprise, they're like, whoa, an animal just walked out. This is amazing. And then we can get in touch with them. Well, what are you here to help me with? And what can I learn from you? And, and I think that that's just another way to receive some really amazing information intuitively that helps us on our path. Yeah, it is. And you talk about, that makes me think about the bird, the cardinal story that you tell. And the reason I think about that is because when my dad was getting ready to pass, I would have this yellow bird that would come to my window. And I didn't know my dad was going to pass, but you know, he was in, he was older, he was 89. Um, and he kept pecking on the window and pecking on the window and pecking on the window. And I told my husband, I said, this is really bizarre. This yellow bird keeps pecking. He's always trying to get bugs. And I said, I don't think so. He just kept pecking on, and it went on for like two weeks right before my dad passed. And then he passed. And I thought that was my dad trying to tell me, you know, that he was getting ready to go is what I think. But you talk in the book about a cardinal, similar story. Can you tell that real quick for us? Yes, that's um, this man's grandmother had passed and she lived on a farmhouse. And so what they noticed is right after her passing, that this bright red cardinal just kept coming out of nowhere and just like kind of like what happened to you was just knocking on the window of the grandmother's uh, bedroom yeah. upstairs bam 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 and wouldn't stop they were like we don't want this bird to hurt itself but it just won't stop and so somebody had just said hey this must be grandmother and so during his regression we did a healing on that where she was able to come and say yes that was me because you know, we talked earlier in the show also about the different religions and a lot of the Asian religions really do believe in animal um, incarnations. Mm -hmm. And so they had been Japanese in a former life. And in the Japanese Shinto religion, they really believe that you, your soul could leave the body and then go inhabit a bird. And so she was just showing him something about the fact that she had inhabited this bird for a period of time. And then we did a healing on that so that he was able to just you know, have a conversation. That's, this is similar to the pet grief journey too. We just have a conversation with people and or the animal right. kind of come to peace and then send them up to the light. And so he, he just felt a lot better. And of course they never saw the Cardinal again, but yeah. um, I, when I hear the story about what happened to you, I say, absolutely. I believe yeah. Well, and I had another one happen. And I'll ask you about this. I don't know if it means anything or not, but uh, we live on a lake. And um, so one day I went down to get the mail and there was this duck and he wasn't a regular duck. He was like one of those kind with a red head and he was kind of black feathers and white feathers. I can't, I don't even know the name. I looked him up at the time, but I can't tell you what he was. And we live way up on a hill and there must be 25 steps to get up to our house. And this duck followed me up. 
And he followed me all the way up to the house and he stood there at the front door. And I thought, okay, well, um, I'm going to, maybe he's hungry. So I gave him some cat food. I didn't know what to do. So, and I'm freaking out and I'm filming him and he's talking to me and he's shaking his tail feathers and he's doing his thing. And this dog continued. To, and then when he got ready to go, this will blow your mind. When he got ready to leave, he would stand there at the edge of the steps and they would kind of get ready because it was kind of heavy. And he would just take off and fly up in the air. And this went on for, I would say, a two, three weeks, he would come up and see me. And when my husband would come home, he really didn't like him so much. He would kind of peck at him or peck at his shoes and stuff. But then all of us, then he was gone and I never saw him again. But it was the most bizarre thing that's ever happened to me that uh, I had this duck that wanted to hang out and I, and he would stand at my door. He would st sit on the front porch like he was a cat or something. What do you think, Shelly? <laughs> I don't know. The first, I mean, it floated in. I'm wondering if it was someone you knew who passed, who was just saying hello or. Yeah, that's what I wonder. It feels like someone you had a relationship in the past. That's I never thought about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's floating in. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was great. I had I had done another interview for this, and the host told me that him and his wife both thought that when a, a cat passed, that it just went and found another cat to inhabit. Oh, so I mean, you know, when you're talking about the duck, it just feels like that's somebody you know. I, I don't know. That's crazy. Well, thanks for telling me that. One thing I want to talk about, we got a couple, God, we only have a few more minutes, but I want you to talk about the shark, the guy who was the oh, yeah. shark. That just blew my mind too. I mean, he was, um, he was a businessman and he was a shark in business and then you regressed him and he was a shark. Yeah, he was one of these real aggressive business guys. Uh, he was a real piece of work. God bless him. <laughs> um, I mean, not in the best way, but he had gone on one of these South African um, safari things and when you go over there you can get inside a cage and go be plunged in the ocean in real life and these great whites will come up and bang their schnozzes against the cage you know and so you right. know macho people like to do this so he went on this trip and in real life and the shark was kind of coming up looking at him yeah and they were kind of buddies and so during his regression he actually went back, this, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of far out stuff. This was definitely one of the really far out ones, but he said that he was a shark in a past life yeah. and that that's why he had this kind of communal energy with sharks. And so then he came back and had some correlation to the fact that, you know, you got to be a shark in life to get ahead. And, you know, he, he was a character. Yeah, so, that yeah. was interesting. The, the last thing, well, one thing I want to talk about before I let you go today is you talk, and I thought this was really, really cool that you did this in your book. At the very end, you have different um, uh, gems, amethyst, rose quartz, crystal, selenite, and you talk about how they help our animals and even sage. You know, I sage my house to clear the energy. Can you address that a little bit? Because I thought that was really interesting for people. Yeah, the other area that I've got a ton of books on is gem and mineral healing. Like I've got tons of books on that because it was one of my dear hobbies that turned into a profession. And so I have a lot of information about stones. And in my early career as an energy healer, I was doing a ton of animal healing, like at horse barns and really? for pets and different things. And so there are stones that are just vibrationally really um, easier on pets. Amethyst is number one. Selenites are great. Rose quartz. 
Sometimes the animals are so sensitive though, like you can put a stone in, like particularly with horses, they're super sensitive, but if you take like an amethyst or a rose quartz and just set it in their stall and, you know, you can charge it up with Reiki or something and just mm-hmm. send them like really loving vibrations from afar, that can really make a huge difference on the horse's behavior. I was called out to do a lot of cases like that. And so I just put a set, a quick section in there for people to consider yeah. that your little pet is super sensitive to energy and, and can really benefit from those things. Well, I don't even think about that because I sage my house and I'm saging it because I want to clear the energy and get the negative energy out and bring in the positive. But I didn't even realize, you know, this energy affects the pets. There's a, there's a connection there. Sometimes the other thing, um, you know, sometimes pets, I was talking about like salt, like sometimes if you're going through a big change, you can put like a little Epsom salt on the food or just a dash of table salt can help the pet integrate changes that you're going through because your pet is so connected to you. It's kind of like what happened with me and Biscuit. We're so connected that, that if, if I'm not feeling well, you know, he'll come up and try to comfort me. And I'm sure your listeners and viewers have had that happen too. your, your dogs are you know, right by your side or mm-hmm. your horse or whatever, your cat, mm-hmm. they are more connected to you than you think. So when you're going through big changes, then they're going through big changes. And so you, they really do need energetic support as well. Right. Hey, Shell, we're getting close to the end of the show here. Um, what has been, since this book's been out, Past Lives with Pets, um, any really cool, uh, you know, comments or anybody come and say anything really interesting about the book, how it's helped them or what it has happened, Nancy, is I've received literally dozens of letters from people really? and they send me pictures of their little pet that passed away. And, you know, so I did um, some, like I did something on my YouTube channel where it's kind of an in memorandum journey. It's, it's the journey out of this book. I put it up on my YouTube channel for people so that they okay. could go have a visionary encounter with their pet that they loved and lost. What's your YouTube channel? It's Past Life Lady. Okay. We'll Past Life work. Lady on YouTube. So there's a journey there people can go on because I was literally getting dozens of letters and photos of the cutest little kitty cats and doggies. Wow. And, you know, it just breaks my heart because I know how hard it is when we lose our pet. It's like mm-hmm. losing a me- It's Sometimes it's worse than losing a member of our family. I mean, let's I face know. it. I know. You know so... I'm really glad you wrote this. It was really, really cool. You guys have to read this. The stories in here, I mean, we only just touched on some of these stories. The stories are amazing. Past Lives with Pets, you guys. Discover your timeless connections to your beloved companion. Shelly, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you again. They can come check out pastlifelady.com. I'm on Facebook. I've got Past Life Lady as my fan page. YouTube is Past Life Lady. If they want to see pictures of Little Biscuit and also some other cats that I had when I was younger, they can check out my Instagram, nice. which is at Shelly Care. That also goes on to Past Life Lady page on Facebook. So they ought to check out some of those weird pictures I posted. I love <laughs> it. I love and, it. The and the sheep. Okay, cool. Shelly, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And you've helped uh, me and I'm sure the audience um, very, very much with this, uh, with this book. Okay. Thank you so much, Nancy. 
Okay. Great to connect with you you too. I know we can hang out and talk for another hour. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy. I'll join us next week and have a great week. Take care. Hey, you guys join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities and check out my YouTube channel it's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity Humanity